Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on ESN. My guest this week is Jerry Hayes from Hayes Guitars. He's a guitar builder and a writer and a pretty well-rounded guy overall. How's it going, Jerry? It's going pretty good, Brett. Thanks for that. Yeah, I've been looking for uh, someone to talk uh, guitars and guitar building for a while. And then you, I, saw, I found you through Twitter. Sure, yeah. Which was, I don't know, sometimes that works out really well for me. You so think it was um, fate? Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell me about your business first. Okay, uh, I run Hayes Guitars, um, which is H-A-Z-E, just to keep things confusing. <laughs> um, basically, uh, I repair musical instruments and I make guitars and basses from time to time. Uh, I'm based in Dublin in Ireland and uh, I've been running it full time for about 10 years or so, give or take. And uh, Before that, I, I was sort of doing this as a, as a kind of a weekend and evening type job. But uh, full-time for the last 10 years, going pretty good. And what was your job when you decided to go independent? Uh, when I worked for The Man, uh, I worked in IT for uh, ooh, probably about 15 years before that. <laughs> All right. Um, and that uh, seems to be pretty common, people who work in IT and then just <laughs> move into... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I know a few people that have done similar type things, including one that that left IT to become a, a, a craft brewer. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe the the technical thing has a has a, a lifespan, or maybe people get jaded. I'm not sure. I think there's I mean there's a high turnover rate in tech to begin with, and it's getting higher as time goes on. Like nobody seems to stay at a job. I think five years is like max. Yeah. And uh, and then they either move on or the company dies or um, or or what what's become relatively common um, and and which is one of the things that happened with me was it was outsourcing um, the job I worked uh, outsourced I moved to the new company and I wasn't terribly happy with the new setup uh, and that was kind of what prompted this yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I am in my current position because of discontent myself. So <laughs> indeed, <laughs> it's a powerful driving force for people who are not willing to accept not being happy. Excellent. So we're rock and roll rebels, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, of the modern wow. era. Wow, cool. <laughs> okay, so first question about your guitar building. You do electric. Uh, electric, uh, electric guitar, electric bass. Uh, I have built a couple of acoustic guitars, um, but it's not something I'm ready to to foist on the general public just yet. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a different learning curve, and there's a, a lot more involved. And it's something I want to make sure that I've got all of my mistakes out of the way before I I, I try to convince somebody to buy one. Uh, yeah, I only I know several guitar makers locally, uh, but mostly at a hobby level. And acoustic guitar making seems so much more, um, like it takes so much attention to detail to get the right sound using just acoustics. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to being an electronics project. Yeah, uh, it's it's a lot more involved. Um, uh, but it's also it's also a lot more interesting in, in one way because because of what you said, that there is there's so much scope for 
uh, for small changes in construction having big changes in tone uh, and that's that's an interesting proposition it's one I'd like to explore eventually I see I keep buying acoustic guitars because <laughs> of that because each one has its own absolutely own sound and and I can make a single electric guitar like a solid body electric guitar sound like just about anything I want to yeah, within limits. Yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. And then, well, I mean, it's not going to sound like a classical or a twelve string, but um, I can I can replicate everything from Guns N' Roses to uh, I don't uh, say what's the Norwegian folk metal Korpaklani. Yeah, I I don't know them. <laughs> I, I'm intrigued though. <laughs> it's 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 uh, very uh, almost bordering on black metal sound, but with uh, fiddles and accordions and it's kind of hilarious but really wow. fun to listen to uh, you, I am definitely intrigued <laughs> I mean th- those three words in Norwegian folk metal that's <laughs> you, you had me there there's there's a lot in there and enough to actually classify a genre so but I was going to say a small genre <laughs> it's not tiny Icelandic <laughs> and Norwegian metal is actually a really good scene I don't Absolutely. know. There's something about the despair and isolation <laughs> of the Nordic countries that makes for really good metal. Yeah, you could be onto something. <laughs> um, uh, but the acoustic thing, like every acoustic I buy sounds so different. It's like buying a new pedal. Yeah. It just costs a lot more. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it, 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 is, it is a fascinating area, and it, it's... It's one that I think it's it's possible to to really go down a rabbit hole in. Um, I mean, I, mean I, I read some trade magazines and stuff, and and some guys get insanely geeky about this. Um, and you know, if that's their thing, cool. Um, but it's 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 scary how how deep some people can go. I feel the same about craft craft brewing. Ah, okay. Well, that's there, interesting. Some people make really good. Some people develop a recipe early on, and they're able to consistently replicate it mm-hmm. some people are just constantly tweaking their notebooks are full kind of gets crazy yeah yeah um yeah i, I think guess that I, applies to anything coffee yeah, for example the, the, the coffee yeah I, I i keep telling people I, I i actually don't like coffee and i keep telling people i'm quite glad because i am the kind of guy that could go down the coffee rabbit hole and and I I could end up spending a hell of a lot of money and and just buying sort of too many tools, too many gadgets, too many beans that had been passed through various mammals. And <laughs> it it I am that guy, so I'm kind of happy that I don't like coffee. What what do you like as far as uh, daily beverage? Uh, well, well, I'm I'm Irish, so so tea is traditional. Um, uh, we're weaned on the stuff. Um, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say whiskey. Uh, well, I'll have a, a, a nice whiskey occasionally, but not oh, sure. too often. I just, uh, uh, the, the line, I'm Irish, so whiskey. <laughs> ah, well, uh, yeah. I, I guess I should break with some cliches. Um, <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, I'll drink a, a beer from time to time. All right. But on a daily basis, tea is a, a regular On a daily basis, tea. I'm, I'm, I'm not a young man anymore. Daily beer is probably, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a young man's game. What, uh, what kind of tea do you like? Uh, well... I will happily drink uh, an Earl Grey in the afternoon. Um, the rest of the day, uh, it's it's just sort of a blend. Um, it comes from a big box with with 
T stamped on the side. <laughs> um, it, I, I guess bre- English breakfast tea is probably the, the sort of the sort of closest thing. Is it's a, a, a rough amalgam of, of various things. Yes, which as is Earl Grey. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, Earl Grey was basically uh, Boston Tea Party era uh, uh, compensation for a lack of any single good source. It was, it's an amalgamation that was made, and it ended up being pretty good. But I guess I ask because you clearly haven't gone down the uh, the geek route with tea either. No, actually. Oddly enough, I've never felt uh, an, an urge. Hmm. I got all into like sourcing teas from China and finding uh, the best possible, you know, like uh, very specific yellow and blacks, and wow. that got that got pretty nerdy. Yeah, yeah, sounds pretty nerdy. But I do it with coffee too, so I can't I can't say I don't. Anyway, anyway, anyway. you took this guitar building uh, experience and you created something called Sketchy Setups. Ah, yeah. Um, I did. Um, Sketchy Setups is, is it's actually the second um, book that I've written. Um, I have uh, I have a, a an ebook available for for free on my site. It, it's it's effectively a, a it's effectively a, a, a lure for for getting people onto my mailing list. Um, but it's pretty good. People like it. Um, it's about the first one is is about trust rods, which is is very much a, a black art, and and it's the thing that. People told me more and more that they they were just too scared to even think about much let much let touch. Um, but sketchy setups is, is the second book I've written, and it's I, I wanted to do something something quick. I wanted to do something um, easy and friendly, and uh, just a, a simple way for people to get into doing guitar setup. Um, there's tons of information online. There are a number of very very good books. Um, the books can get a little nerdy and, and a little deep, uh, and the online information is the same as any other online information, which is is you know you know possibly good, possibly not so good. <laughs> um, so I wanted to do something for an absolute beginner uh, to get them started and get them up and running as quickly and easily and you know stress free as possible. Um, and I actually. I had a chance to participate in a, in a workshop, uh, sort of a, a, a launch a project product in ten days thing, uh, which at the start sounds like a much better idea than it does seven days in. <laughs> but um, I was I had an idea of what I wanted to do, uh, and I was I was planning it out, sketching it out. Uh, I originally had intended to do um, sort of uh, vector illustrations all the way through. Um, which was an insane idea. I never would have got that done in 10 days. Uh, but as I was sketching out a layout and as I was, was sort of planning how it was going to look, it, it it sort of hit me and dawned on me. I was looking at the sketches. I was looking at my hand-drawn notes, and I thought, that's possibly a good format. Um, so I, I went with it. Uh, and I think I, I think it, it kind of works. It, it's It's friendly. It's... You know, it's it's not imposing in any way, uh, and hopefully, it's it's an easy way for people to get into doing this. I am curious. I'm checking my theory right now, but does the the fact that you can't search the book, the fact that the the type is not that it's raster and not vector, mm-hmm. does that does that affect 
like the readability to you? Um, that's an excellent question. Um, readability, no. I think I think I, I managed to keep my writing um, legible enough that readability isn't an issue. Yeah, that was um, the wrong word. I, 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 you're you're right about I guess searchability or or sort of or ease of use. But I I think the book is is short enough. It's it's about. 27, 28 pages, I think. It's short enough and the format is plain enough that it's an easy read start to finish. It's easy to dig into and find what you're looking for if you're referencing it. Uh, I I hope <laughs> I, I hope that the lack of searchability doesn't impact it in any uh, majorly bad way. See, I would agree. Like It's length and the fact that it's very linear... Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a reference book. It's something that you read page by page as if it were paper. Very I would almost much. want to print this out. Well, please do. <laughs> but I really, I, I like the I like the aesthetic. Um, are you familiar with Mike Rohde's uh, sketch notes? I am indeed, yeah. yeah he's, much, see, he's much better than me. <laughs> he, he's been doing it a long time. Yeah, yeah, he's um, got the benefit but of But yeah, I like that. I like the aesthetic because it feels like you are actually talking to someone and not referencing a, an encyclopedia. Yeah, that 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 friendliness is, is is and that's the word I kept coming back to when I was doing it as well. That friendliness is is what I wanted to try and get in there. Um I didn't want this to be any sort of barrier to to people doing this because there 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 are loads and loads of people that will happily do these things but there are many that that will shy away from it um and and just just won't even try but i i think with a little a little gentle easing along the way um i think they can do it themselves anybody can see i i i have been one of those people who has always shied away and relied more on digital effects than hardware modification sure and after uh, after reading through sketchy setups, I am ready to geek out. Sweet. See, Excellent. and I, like based on what you were saying, like you didn't write the extensive geek out guide because I feel like if you provide the tools to a geek, the foundation, they're gonna point. they'll have everything they need to start experimenting. And I don't know about everybody else, but that's how I learn. Cool. Give a man a fish. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You, you may well, have ruined you. my productivity for a while, but I, I imagine that's that's not hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> I know the feeling. So, um, one of the things that uh, also sprouted out of your uh, kind of independent work in this and your concentration in the field is a really good reputation. I I like to think so. Um, I mean, I. Ireland and the Irish music scene is is I mean it it's pretty good, but I mean relative to 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 other locations I mean it's, I guess it's a small enough scene, um, uh, but that means that that word of mouth um, counts for a hell of a lot here, um, and and I like to think and and people do tell me um, that that word of mouth is, is fantastic for me um, I, I'm sort of humbled I guess slightly by that I get tons of repeat custom I get tons of referral um, and I really hope that means I'm doing something right um, it's, it, it, it feels nice it really feels nice repeat business in and of itself is a sign of an excellent reputation 
people don't there are so many options for people these days with the with the internet and access to you know amazon style mail order you can, you can get your work done from anywhere in the world if you want to pay the price mm-hmm. for people to make the decision to frequent any kind of local or or regional business that's that speaks volumes uh i i like to think so um i mean uh, i i i'm very busy um uh and and I am sort of consistently, I, I don't have quiet months really, which is fantastic for anybody running a small <laughs> business. Um, usually fantastic. <laughs> um, but it's, as I said, it, 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 feels, it feels wonderful. It feels really good. It feels like I'm doing something right. Um, and it's, it's not some, at least I don't, it, it, it certainly isn't any, any conscious sort of Machiavellian um, marketing ploy on my on my part uh, it's just I, I guess the golden rule I mean I'm I try to treat my customers the way I would want to be treated if I uh, left something uh, with somebody to be repaired um, I try to do the best job I can uh, in the fairest way I can and I'm glad to see a lot of people agree which which is cool yeah my wife uh, she's a dog trainer and mm-hmm. She knows everybody in town by their dogs, and <laughs> she has. She's never advertised. She's never paid money to advertise. We hang up uh, bulletins for classes and things. Sure, but her repeat business. Every time one of her customers gets a new dog, or talks to a friend who has, she's the first name that comes up. Even though there is competition in town, mm-hmm. she's developed a reputation that it's better, in my opinion, than any local advertising options i i tend to agree it, it's it's more sustainable i think uh, and and that speaks volumes about what she's doing um and I, i'm kind of in the same boat I've, I've, I've never really um spent money on advertising um i once uh, did a facebook ad um and got a couple of extra clicks and thought yeah that, that's that i'm not doing that again <laughs> <laughs> i've had um, similar experiences really yeah, well, I worked in advertising for a while. Oh. You know, I ran, I, I, I learned the art. I studied some in school. And then when I got fed up with doing it within a company, I branched out and started my own ad firm. And I was really good at it, mm-hmm. but it also felt really empty. Like, okay. I mean, basically, the art of advertising is tricking people. Effectively, yeah. And word of mouth is a matter of actually doing something worth talking about. I just, I don't know. I have a very high respect for that kind of reputation. Oh, cool. Well, well it's you. like on Yelp, too. Like, if you, a, a, a star rating is one thing, but mm-hmm. if you're looking for a business and you go into the ratings and everybody raves about your work, those are the businesses I'm going to try first. Yeah. I went into a shop in Portland, Maine, just because I'd heard such great things about the owner's uh, sourcing and her dedication to her job. I didn't buy anything. (laughs) I almost didn't even need any of it. But her reputation, it stood out, you know, for for blocks around her. It's a very concentrated shopping area. Mm -hmm. And that was the one place that Yelp said, this is where everybody goes. Wow. What did she sell? Uh, I guess you could call it an import shop. Okay. It was, you know, your your typical, uh, like, Indian, uh, like, 
uh, what's the word? Shawls. I don't know. Stuff. Yeah, stuff. stuff. Yeah. Wall hangings and <laughs> stuff that I don't really care about. A bunch of stuff for like hippies. Huh. Yeah, but but she was very cool. I stopped and I talked to her, and she had no idea she had so many reviews on Yelp. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's, that's even that's even better. I'm not sure how, but it feels better. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she's not she's not engineering her work yeah. to get reviews. She's just doing good work. She's just. She's just doing her thing, and, and people are responding, and that's cool. And, yeah, that's organic. That feels real. It's authentic. People respond to that. It's like a blog. Well, I, I'll use my own blog as an example. I've never written clickbait headlines or information just because I had high Google search keywords for it. I've always just written what I feel is important, and I've developed a, a very good following, because of that, and I, I don't focus on pleasing people or catering to everyone else's taste, and people trust that. People trust what I say. If I say this is a great app or this is a really good idea, I don't I, – I, there's a surprising number of people who will go check it out or even buy an app based on me saying something, and that's weird to me. Uh, yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think trust is – is really the key um w once you've built that up and once people believe you are going to do a good job you are going to tell them for instance on, on your blog you're going to tell them the way it is you're not going to you're not going to sell out and and you know sell them something rubbish yeah they they're going to respond and and i think that's that's the key definitely yeah. i think i think trust is the key word reputation yeah. is based on trust Absolutely. All right. So, uh, clearly, you have uh, you you've done some writing. I have done a little writing. Yeah, I, and I'm you're working. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I really, uh, effectively, I'm 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 a writer who fixes guitars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a frustrated writer. I, that's that's really kind of I I, I love doing it, um, and I will do more. <laughs> uh, have you listened at all or read Amy Poehler's new book? I haven't. She has a great foreword about writers uh, who have published something and what they will tell you about writing versus writers who have been bogged down in frustration for a year working on a project. Okay. And she says that any writer who's actually finished and published a book will just give you a line of BS about what you need to do to finish a book because mm. they've passed that point of frustration. Sure. And, you know, like there's a difference between Hemingway's advice when he's working on a book and when he's talking about having written a book. <laughs> that's uh, that's a fair point. Actually, I, I weirdly, weirdly, when when I, I wrote uh, sketchy setups and, and released it, um, I I effectively am at that point in another book. Uh, I'm sort of, I guess three quarters of the way through through another book i have most of the text done but it's a very very um very illustration heavy book and and i'm just dragging my way through that um so it, it, yeah that I, I i didn't i didn't really get that um that superior rush of wow aren't i so great <laughs> uh, because <laughs> once sketchy setups was gone i still have to keep working on this other thing uh, <laughs> So yeah, it, it, that's a strange situation to be in, actually. Yeah, I've published 
one book with a partner. That's the uh, the sixty Mac Tips book, mm-hmm. and that was mostly screencasting, which I ended up finding was very much like writing. But I have a book I've been working on for a couple of years now. Actually, I have two books I'm working on, but one of them is actually a lot of writing, long form, mm-hmm. and. I find it for a long time. I, I, I was disciplined and I made time to write for it every day. And then other projects took priority and I found it really easy to not write. Yeah. That that's, that's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's my experience. And I'd imagine that that's the experience of all of those other people that Amy was, was speaking about. Um, it's, it's, it's so hard to find that, that time. Well, it's hard to find the, brain space to make that time that's probably a better way of putting it yeah because the time is probably there but it's really easy to deprioritize it it is really easy to watch tv yes (laughs) yes i and and now i have a podcast with christina warren uh overtired Mm. where i get to talk about tv so i get to call my tv binge watching uh research Mm, it's work it's effectively work <laughs> it's kind of like uh, i i uh i started a blog of that's ostensibly about apps so that i could have a reason to keep buying apps <laughs> yeah it, it, the blog is an enabler How, like my jobs at tua and working with mac stories have been uh my impetus for buying things like an apple watch that i didn't really need yeah how's that going I actually really like the Apple Watch. I just, uh, I like it in an aspirational sense. I feel mm-hmm. like right now it's <laughs> it's a pain in my ass, really. But um, <laughs> but I, I can see it. I can see the potential in everything that it does. And I'm just looking forward to future revisions and the, the update to the software, which should actually be out very soon. Yeah, almost as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if they're going to release the... Software today. Today should mo- be mostly hardware announcements, but we'll yeah, see. I guess. Yeah. I hope yeah. they don't. I hope they don't release a major operating system upgrade for anything. I need time. You, you need time? I need time. Mm-hmm. I have some repairs to make. <laughs> okay. No, well, that's okay. <laughs> it's selfish, but okay, let's do that. Yes. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you've got the writing half, the frustrating half. What kind of, uh, let's say, what, what are your reading habits and how do they affect your writing? Do you read a lot about the subjects you're writing about? Um, n- not, not so much. Um, I, 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 I would have read uh, a lot of this stuff and, and a lot of the sort of the well-known guys in the field um, earlier on years ago. Um, and, and a lot of those books are certainly are reference books that, that you can dig back into. Um, so I, I, I guess I have internalized a lot of it, um, and a lot of it is sort of, is I guess based on, 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 you know, hammering crooked nails into pieces of wood for the last ten years. Um, it's the the I I didn't do a lot of research, for instance, for for sketchy setups, um, because this is stuff that I do every day, and um, so I was able to sort of to get through it relatively relatively pain-free um as far as other reading goes i mean i i read as much as i can but but again we're kind of coming back to the the issue of of, of finding time um or, or or prioritizing time um and yeah I, I read as much as i can which isn't as much as i should 
which is also, I guess, what you could say for my, my guitar playing. I, I play a little, but nowhere near as much as I, I, I used to. Um, so I, what determines how much you feel like you should play guitar? Is it because you build guitars? You feel like you should play them more? Um, partly. Partly it's embarrassment. Um, partly I'm, I'm, I'm just concerned that people will hand me a guitar and say, there you go, what, what do you think of that? And, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll plunk out something awful and, and they'll, you know, They'll 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 look away and pretend that that it hasn't happened. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll slink off. I'll get my coat. Um, but <laughs> um, you'll, I, you'll be that guy in the guitar shop playing the intro to Crazy Train over and over. <laughs> if I could still remember the intro to Crazy Train, I'd be that guy. I, I could I'd never love forget to be that, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can actually do most of the song now. I just can't do the the floating lead solo. Well, that is a tricky one. Yeah, I I, I think that's ultimately. Uh, what Randy Rhodes left behind is that particular solo. Are you one of those guys that that doesn't forget things like that? I do have a pretty good memory for anything that involves, um, I guess, muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I, I forget people's names and faces. I forget details of their lives. But I will remember anything that I sat down and taught myself. Cool. Um, I'm I'm not so good with that. I have a friend who can who can pick up the guitar and and somebody will mention a song and he'll say oh yeah yeah I, I learned that twelve I have, years ago. I have one of those friends too. And and he'll just it'll be not perfect. Uh, I I hate him. Um, <laughs> I, I I I my brain forgets that and I, I'll I'll remember roughly what it is, but I'll need to sit down for an hour to to actually refresh my memory before I could you know even think about it. I have written a lot of songs over the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. I can remember almost all of them and all of the words to all of them. In fact, lyrics in any song, if I have paid attention and figured out the lyrics, I, I can recite entire albums from like my high school era. Yeah. You, you hand me like uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Pretty Hate Machine or NWA, Straight Outta Compton. Like I could do the whole album for you. Cool. Yeah, ly- lyrics, yeah, lyrics stick in my head as well. I, I, I guess I have a... A, a brain for lyrics, I guess. Um, yeah, weird. Um, but but not so much the music that 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 falls out unless unless I constantly keep putting it in there, it falls out. Music is better than movies, though. People get really upset if you say a line to a movie before the character says it. <laughs> but I love in a good movie. I love good lines so much. I can't help. It's like singing along with songs. I, I, I talk along with movies. You've got to be the worst person to go to the cinema with. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, at least the second time through a movie. Oh. <laughs> because no, that... I remember the really bad lines, too, and those I say in a sarcastic voice. Oh, yeah, well. it drives, drives people nuts. Yeah, I can see that. I just saw Inside Out, though. Is and it, it was, good? There were, oh, my God. It's the best movie I've seen in years. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, and I talked about it on Overtired at length, but it really is um, It's a movie for adults. It has uh-huh. just enough slapstick to keep the kids laughing, but it is not geared to kids. Cool, interesting. I I I, I constantly hover somewhere about one to two years behind um, the rest of the world as far as popular culture goes. So I have to avoid anything that that talks about movies um, because I, I generally <laughs> spoilers. Don't. Yeah, seriously. Every every conversation people have with me is a spoiler because I, I I'm so sort of far behind the rest of the world. Uh, so yeah, no, no talking about Inside Out, please. So you don't, you don't want to know the end to the Usual Suspects, sir. 
Uh, yeah, okay, I got that one. Okay, good. Got that one. Cool. Yeah. And, and apparently in, in The Sixth Sense... Oh, no, we won't go there. Just oh, in I, case. I, I, just think, in case. I think that one g- gets given away so frequently in, in jokes... Yeah. ...that if you didn't know it by now, you, you would be like a hermit, off-the-grid kind of guy. There's got to be some sort of statute of limitations for spoilers anyway. <laughs> I think there is. It's getting shorter. Uh, yeah, yeah, it seems to be. People expect, you know, within a week that you've you've figured out the uh, the plot lines and the ending. I'm definitely going to disappoint them. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess that brings us around to the top three picks. Oh, okay. Because I feel like, uh, based on our, our pre-show conversation, that all of our picks... Well, all of your picks will will uh, will be something we'll want to talk further about. So I'm saving uh, some padded time for that. Okay, um, prepare to be disappointed. I uh, I live in a constant state of optimistic expectation, but one that always has this tinge of cynicism ah, because I'm afraid of disappointment. Cynicism works. We'll, we'll so, get along just fine. <laughs> all right. So yeah, give me your uh, your first pick. Okay, um, my first pick is some music. It's um, it's Neil Young's Live at Massey Hall. Um, it's part of his sort of weirdly ongoing archives series. Um, I, I, I bought um, a, another live Neil Young album, um, Live at the Cellar Door, which is another part of the archive series, uh, a couple of years ago, and, and, and it's really cool. It's, it's just sweet. It's nice. It's just Neil doing his thing relatively small concert fantastic and actually it was uh, on a podcast was um, Jill Dal- Jim Dalrymple <laughs> excuse me Jim Dalrymple had um, mentioned this album and I, it had passed me by completely it was actually released a couple of years ago and, and I missed it live at Massey Hall it's very cool um, it's I guess intimate is, is the word to use it's just Neil a guitar and a piano uh, and a couple of thousand people, which is, I guess, not that intimate, but it feels it. Um, it's very connected. It's very easygoing. It's very laid back, and it's very stripped back. Um, but it's very cool, very nice. That actually, okay. So I have to make a confession. Mm-hmm. I only know Neil Young's uh, popular songs. Mm-hmm. I had a girlfriend who loved Neil Young, and so I, I ended up hearing. More than I normally would have, but I've never owned a Neil Young album. Okay. So this sounds like the one I should start with because I've there have been artists that I have passed over for a long time until I heard one of their more intimate performances. Okay. And the feeling the connection instead of something like over polished for a recording. And uh, it, it loses a personal touch in the process of layering tracks and, and refining agree. second takes and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's starting with that album to to hear more uh, more depth to uh, Neil Young would actually be really good for me. I think that's not a bad idea. It's 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 sort of that that classic era. I guess it, he's had a lot of eras, but it's the one that people think of when they think of Neil Young around the sort of harvest time. Or sorry, um, um, but it's um, it's very cool and it's it's very unpolished. You can hear sort of um, guitar buzz and fret buzz and, and all sort of plonks and things um, which which makes it better uh, as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 I love that unpolished feel. Yeah. Uh, do you listen to Spiritualized at all? Uh, no, actually. 
they uh, they did their last album that I know of A uh, and E was done the the singer slash primary songwriter wrote the entire album on his own and then he brought it into the studio and most of the album is first takes cool. uh, like the band had just been introduced to these songs that day because he remembered built making albums and that uh that creativity as people kind of figure out what they're going to do with a song as the bass player experiments and as the guitarist you know fakes through a solo first time yeah he wanted to capture that and the album actually came out really well with that whole like drunk southern gospel feel but the noise guitars and everything i I don't i don't know where your musical taste ranged to but the fact that you had any curiosity about metal seems like you might enjoy something smack in the middle of neil young and deathcore (laughs) <laughs> this it's noise rock it's southern noise rock cool sounds good I, I'm, I'm gonna check it out that yeah i actually would start there's a song called ladies and gentlemen we're floating in space that should be the first one you hear okay I and will, then I after that so. go anywhere you want because they have an excellent pantheon of music cool it, just something you you had had said and it's something i've been listening to a lot this week as well actually and i think the live thing has, has put me in the mood in the mood for it um but if, if it's an artist you haven't actually gotten into um nick cave's uh, oh my God. album live from kcrw i just saw him last year oh it's fantastic he's amazing to me he's but, so creepy live too i love he, it yeah he is <laughs> like yeah, he, he is. like he he like he looks like a a uh, spooky Halloween tree as he like hulks over the edge of the stage mm. and then he'll do a love song and he'll like walk out 20 rows into the audience balancing on like the, I saw him in like an opera house mm. and he's like balancing on the arms of the seats and he walks out way deep into the audience and the the uh, the stage hands are frantically trying to keep the cable going sure. And he's like, you know, he's singing right to people. People are holding on to his pants legs. And it that was intimate. That was insanely intimate. The Bad Seeds are an excellent live yeah. show. Pa- pants leg intimate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sounds, uh, I know some dogs cool. like that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, Nick Cave, spiritualized. I got to add these all into the show notes before cool. I forget. Yeah, Live um, from KCRW. It's, it's a very cool album. It's... Um, it, it's I mean, it was recorded with just really stripped back. Uh, I think they had finished touring not too long ago, so they were pretty tight with the material, but they didn't do any rehearsals for the show. Um, it was all quite raw, um, and it's just fantastic. I mean, the, the Mercy Seat is, is worth the price ah. of the album alone. It's fantastic. Did you ever hear Johnny uh, Cash's cover? Uh, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, so good. And his cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. That's Better a, than that, the original. That's a good album. Honestly. I, yeah. I agree, actually. I agree, definitely. I think that was American 4? I think it was 3 or 4. I can't remember. And uh, he did Tom Petty and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. Um, all right. This is... I, we could talk about music, but I, I actually don't mind talking about music. I saw an artist that... She's a Minneapolis uh, in, the, in the state I live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she She would be considered local, and she refuses all labels she works with an independent label uh, out of minneapolis her name is dessa she was part of a group called uh or she still is part of a group called um why can't i remember they did the song bangerang oh that's embarrassing i've forgotten um i'm, I'm no help sorry 
Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't expect you would be. It's not widely known. But she makes all of her money doing live shows, and she does very intimate live shows. And she did one in a smaller city near me for a crowd of about, I think, 350 people in a small auditorium. And that was what sold me on her. I hadn't really been into Dessa until I saw that. Okay. And that kind of just... I don't know. There's, I, I don't usually pick up an artist's album if I see them in a coffee house. Half the artists I see in coffee houses don't have albums. <laughs> but when, when an artist who usually plays larger crowds does a smaller show <laughs> for a reduced price, like it, they weren't premium tickets, mm-hmm. that, that it sold me. She was amazing. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to the show notes of this one myself. Actually, this, this sounds good. Yes, yes. I, I have a few to check out, and uh, I get to talk about some of my favorites. This is good. Cool. We, we may have to come back to music in a sec. That works for me. All right. So my first pick is going to be way nerdier and of less interest to many people. I would say the majority of my listeners are not going to care about this. But there's an app from Irradiated Software. And it's been around for quite a while, and I had used it years ago, and I just picked it up recently with a newer version that works on modern operating systems. It's called SwitchUp, and it lets you create kind of containers for app preferences. So when you create a new container, it's like you just fresh installed an app. And for a developer to be able to frequently see what a user is going to see the very first time they run an app, sure, it has been indispensably useful rather than constantly having to dig up containers and preference files <clears throat> to fix them it has uh it, it has eased my workflow tremendously saved me some time so i can go listen to music <laughs> i doubt good. i doubt this pick is going to lead to a lot of conversation i'm yeah yeah i'm not a developer i i, I i'm I have some geeky IT background, mostly on the infrastructure side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm lost, man. Sorry. That's all right. Like I said, it's your picks that will lead to conversation. So no pressure in that vein. What's number two? Number two is is actually a, a, a comic or, or, or rather a, a, a trade paperback. Um, it's Hellboy um, and it's Hellboy in Hell. Um, uh Mike Mignola, the the guy that created Hellboy, is, is actually back as an artist. He had stopped drawing it for a long time, um, and uh, I'm 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 very very far from 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 uh, a, a comics geek. Um, but Hellboy really really grabbed me be- mainly because I I, I love his art. Um, it's just it's just really deceptively simple lines, and all these huge giant slabs of, of, of black shadow and negative space it's 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 wonderfully done um, wonderfully done and when he came back to to draw as well as as, as write it i i was hooked i had to i had to try it again and it, it's cool he, he he always weaves in sort of cool myths and 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 legends and stuff and and this one is is similar he, he's got uh, he he's even got some it's weird. He's got some Dickens in there. Um, some Christmas Carol is. is <laughs> he's got some John Milton, um, Paradise Lost in there. It's it's as well as sort of the usual kind of thing that that Hellboy does. It's it's very cool. Uh, I I love it. I love it. I have not I have not seen this particular one, but I have seen his work uh, pr- previously to his uh, kind of 
hiatus. Um, I am not, I'm not at all a comic book guy, mm-hmm. but the prevalence among my friends of serious comic book geeks has forced me to explore the, uh, the medium. And I've come to realize that it's, it's a medium where you can tell a story without having to, I, I guess it, 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 it allows uh, a pictorial representation of ideas that lets the reader uh, kind of work within a grid mm-hmm. to get your idea. Whereas with regular literature, the writer has to very well paint a scene if he wants the reader to see it the way he sees it, he or she. Sure. And that, like, I think the first one I picked up was the entire like Watchmen. Uh, series, mm-hmm. like cool. in one in one book, uh, or maybe it was written as one book. I I don't know, but that that kind of piqued my interest to a point where I began to appreciate other people's love of comic books, and I still am not at a point where I can discuss <laughs> in any depth any particular comic book, but I I do appreciate the medium. I'm I'm to be honest I'm I'm pretty much the same. Um uh, there are a couple of of ones that 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 I I will come to and I will will love. Um my my brother actually writes comics. Um and and a lot of what I get is is sort of um I I guess fallen through his his, his filter. Um I'm 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 very much a sort of a fair weather uh, comics guy. Um and 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 also very shallow. I, for some reason I I really need to be grabbed by the art. Um, and, and since my brother is a comics writer, he thinks this is the worst thing ever that that I should be I should be following the story. Uh, and he's right, but hey, I am what I am, and the, I need to I need to be grabbed by the art, which is which is why something like Manuela um, um, really really kind of um, speaks to me. Um, someone like Ben Temple Smith as well. He, he does really sort of um, very idiosyncratic, very very um, um, distinctive. Style is great stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm sort of where you were. Um, I, I I'm very much not a comics geek. I'm very much not heavily into it. But there are a couple that I will will grab onto every now and again. And this one is just one of them. There, I I, I have an example of this kind of. Oh, here it is. The guy's name. Uh, a lot of my friends are very familiar with them. Uh, no, that's not the one I was looking for. Herzog something. He does uh he does kind of animated films. I um, don't know. Yeah, see I'm I'm proving now that I'm not. Yeah, well like it he has the it's stick figures basically. And he tells stories with a voiceover and animated stick figures. Kinda like XKCD style. Okay. And it was I got caught up in one of his movies. It was so twisted and so relatable to me that I, I actually forgot that the artwork was as primitive as it was. Mm. And I wish I could go into more depth, but I can't even remember the name of the movie. Someone listening right now is like yelling in their office. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and I'll hear about it later. But Herzog Warner, is that his name? Oh, Werner Herzog. Is that the um, uh, the the director? Oh, Herz- Herzog? Yeah, is it? Do yes. I- Okay. Yeah, I don't know that one. Um, yeah, I, I know some of his work. Um, uh, actually, I, I no I'm, wait no. I'm no? looking at that on IMDb. That's not ah, him. We've gone we've gone on a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yes. I was going to say, oh, Inside Out actually falls into this because uh, while the, I mean, the graphics in that are astounding. It makes, it makes Monsters, Inc. look like, like VHS. <laughs> but uh, the thing was, the story was so good that I forgot to appreciate the graphics. Uh, and yeah. it went places that you could not have accomplished in a live action movie. Of course. So the medium actually permitted a story that could not be told otherwise. And I feel like a good comic can do the same thing. I think you're right. All right. We'll leave it at that then. Cool. Before we embarrass ourselves further. Right. Right. To, to, to uh, completely uh, comic ignoramuses discussing comic books in depth. Yeah, yeah. I will leave that. I'll leave that to Merlin. There's a podcast in this. <laughs> 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 a podcast with a specialty that the hosts know nothing about. Yep. That would be intriguing. Yeah, I don't think people would listen to that. People mm. listen to it out of anger. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, internet, the internet will love that. <laughs> All right. So my second pick, I'm going to make it... Uh, I'm swapping picks so I don't do two super geeky ones in a row. Um, last week, I picked Lamb by Christopher Moore. Uh, when I was talking to David Wayne, and I just got what I had pre-ordered as it's the sequel to Dirty Job by Christopher Moore, which is my current favorite book. And this one's called Secondhand Souls, and it picks up exactly where Dirty Job left off. And I am hooked immediately. First chapter, totally into it. Um, and Christopher Moore is officially my favorite author at the time because I didn't read a book for 10 years and now Christopher Moore has forced me to start reading and I've read, I've read other authors since I first picked up Dirty Job, but he is, he's the one that I just keep coming back to. Cool. He pulled you back. He did. He, he, he made me read again because I kept starting novels through that decade. I, I have a pile of novels. I started was kind of interested in, but then just was never tempted to pick back up. You know, I'd be like two chapters in and done. Sure. And and his writing was just so ADHD and and twisted. And it just, it, he was that guy at the party who has no filter and he would just, you know, yell things out. <laughs> and uh, and people would, you know, his, his date would have to call everyone the next day and apologize for his behavior. And that I totally relate to. <laughs> okay um i i, I heard you mention it last <laughs> week actually but i i haven't had a chance to check it out is it it's worth checking out then yeah yes i uh i would recommend reading dirty job first okay because it very much it's a sequel that explains itself as it goes but the explanations are geared toward someone who maybe read dirty job a long time ago and just needed a reminder ah. like he doesn't redevelop all the characters mm-hmm uh, except the young girl who has become uh, deaf and, and walks around yelling, um, I, I am become death, destroyer of worlds. <laughs> and she's okay. very precocious, and she's like five, I think. Oh. Um, I, might teach my, I might, of, might teach my son that. That sounds cool. <laughs> except she actually is death. If she looks at someone and says the word kitty, they die. Okay, good tip. Um. <laughs> So that's the kind of wonderful character development you can expect from Christopher Moore. Okay, I'm intrigued and and slightly scared. 
Yeah, well, if I told you that the main character who dies at the end of the first book... Spoiler, okay? Spoiler he, alert. <laughs> he comes back immediately as a reanimated, sewn-together, multiple-animal uh, creature, about 14 inches tall with a crocodile head. And um, his the woman who's able to do this was a little bit randy when she revived him. And so he has a uh, unit that is larger than his body, and every time he gets stimulated, he passes out. Hmm. Isn't I mean, seriously, where else can you read that stuff? I, I'm no less scared. <laughs> you should not be. It's scary. <laughs> yes. You, you find yourself worrying as you read. You, you worry about the mental state of the author. Mm. But then you also, if you're me, you also want to go out drinking with him. Uh, or, or worry about the mental state of the reader. Yeah, it does cause some self-doubt. Mm. I'm enjoying this. I should feel wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. After, yeah. after reading American Psycho, I was in a sort of similar kind of place. It's, it's, it's nasty in places, um, but it was a really enjoyable read. <laughs> I'm worried that says something about me. I yeah, and and that that could easily dive into a whole conversation about whether violent video games affect violence in real life. Hmm. Because you know the one of the arguments is that having that outlet for that kind of thinking is healthy. Mm. And I mean, obviously, there are extents. Uh, same with adult materials, there are extents to which someone can go and actually become a worse person. Mm. But for the average person, having that, I, I think most people, there there are no completely pure human beings. I think so. And having, you know, getting to laugh at something like that, and I don't think in, in either of our cases that leads to urges to go reenact things. No, no, not, not, not on a regular basis anyway. <laughs> but it, it helps to, uh, it helps to provide an outlet instead of sitting around all day wondering if anyone else thinks like you do, <laughs> it can actually be a little bit comforting. So that that's my cool. statement on I, something again that I know nothing about. I'm I'm gonna go with that too. Let's 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 both go with that. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> all right. So that was my pick, right? Yeah. What's your third? Um I, I figured that that given what I do and given who I'm speaking with, uh I'd better go with uh an app, a guitar related app. Um and it's um it's a tuner app. They're really are no shortage of, of, of tuner apps um, but this one is pretty cool it's called iStrobosoft uh, it's from Peterson Tuners Peterson um, are or, or were anyway a, a, a really well known company making purely hardware strobe tuners and um, sort of really top of the line uh, expensive stuff um, a few years ago they started making um, a, an app version uh, so effectively it is a very accurate a tuning app for uh, guitar or bass or, or effectively anything I guess uh, because it will work with the mic uh, or you can um, if you have one of the little iRig style adapters you can plug in uh, which is generally best uh, it's super accurate it's like uh, accurate to a, a tenth of a cent um, and it's super cool it, it, it is a strobe tuner that fits in your pocket and um, if you are so inclined it has 
tons of sweetened tunings like the bus beaten stuff um and if you want to spend extra money uh, you can get weird spectrograph oscilloscope stuff that <laughs> i i've never felt a need for but if you are really that nerdy you can do it um, you're a sound guy i think yeah it's it's 10 bucks in the app store it's available for android too um, and it's one of the better tuning apps. If you really want to be super accurate, this is the way to go. Nice. I've always uh, I've had an appreciation for um, inaccuracy. <laughs> uh, have you ever listened to Underworld? Um, no, I don't think so. Underworld put out a, an album. They're uh, electronic. I guess you could almost call them techno. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put out an album and... Again, I've forgotten the name. It's been years since I heard it. But uh, how, Slippy, it had Slippy in the name. Um, but anyway, they actually spent weeks uh, sitting on a bed with synthesizers, humanizing beats manually uh, and moving things slightly off pitch and slightly off tempo to a sure. point where you don't hear it. You don't listen to it and go, oh, that's mm-hmm. off. But it adds this human feel to yeah. electronic music. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I have the same appreciation for slight mistunings even in my own guitar. Like, to the point where you don't hear it. Absolutely. You don't yeah. think that's off pitch. Yeah, I, I, pe- people, get, people get very, very hung up on, on, on things um, with guitar. Um, guitar especially bass to an extent, but guitarists are, are more guilty. Um, and and it is really easy to get really hung up on 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 you know well there's a little bit of a buzz there if I do this or you know if I, if I play this there's a there's a hum here and yes absolutely if that's your thing cool try and eliminate it as much as possible um, but I mean getting back to that Neil Young album and to all of the albums that I would have listened to when I was was growing up and all of the albums that are still my favorites they are riddled with imperfections. Um, and it doesn't take from them. Um, I think you can go too far chasing perfection. Um, you don't have to. Yeah. See, I, I grew up listening to The Damned and The Buzzcocks, <laughs> and there's no perfection there no, at all. No, that's what not drives really what me they were nuts. going for. <laughs> what drives me nuts on acoustics, though, is that I'll finally wear my strings to a point where I love the sound, but that only lasts for max a month. Uh-huh. And then yeah. your strings wear too far, and then you put new strings on, and it sounds completely different. And you've got, you know, months before you get back to that sound. And I don't know how to replicate on an acoustic the sound of perfectly aged strings. You, yeah, it, it's it's not always easy. And, and because it's such a subjective thing, the, the perfect sound for you is probably not for almost anybody else. Uh, you, you, could, you could experiment with different strings um both different brands and and different constructions um and different materials and and you may find that you're able to get closer sooner it's worth a try well yeah and and then there's this line between what sounds great to me what sounds great from the other side of an acoustic guitar like i always find that i don't i don't hear the same thing behind it as i do from 10 feet in front of it no absolutely not and then there's the line between what is easy to play and what will make your fingers bleed. Mm-hmm. And the the really hard to play copper wound strings, you know, like heavy copper wound. Those I like that sound on a lot of guitars, 
but I would much rather uh, play like poly coded strings. Sure. Um, but they never sound as good. Mm. They don't have the jangle. I love the jangle. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, welcome to guitar. <laughs> so apparently I do nerd out to some extent. Yeah, we, we all do. But as far as this tuner goes, I, uh, I, I've always used just the tuners built into apps like uh, I, uh, AmpKit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they work because I'm not overly concerned about the precision. And on Mac, I've found I really like Steady Tune from Agile Partners. I don't know that one, actually. It's, a, it's like a menu bar tuner that is supposed to be extremely accurate, but I honestly don't know enough about uh, 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 like the um, algorithms behind hearing a pitch through a microphone and determining its... It's uh, well, tune. It, it's it's probably worth mentioning that that pretty much any tuner you can get these days is going to be more accurate than your brain is going to be able to tell. Um, uh, our, our our mushy gray meat can really only um, determine pitch differences of of I think it's I think it's about five cent, um, and you know al- almost everything you 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 can get is going to be well within that range. Um, the this one is is really cool when setting up a guitar, and the the extras like the Sweden tunings um, can can make a difference. Um, so you know, it's not absolutely necessary. You go and get this. There are plenty of alternatives. I like this one, um, and plus it has a cool strobe tuner display. So added added coolness. Sounds good. <laughs> it does. I uh, I just picked up an Ibanez acoustic. That uh, that has a built-in tuner. It's like electric acoustic, mm-hmm. and it's not accurate. You know, you're basically you're trying to get the the light to turn green. Mm, there's a big gap between between the the lights here. Yes, yeah, <laughs> huge gap. Yeah. And then you can. There's probably a twenty cent uh, uh, range where it will be green, but you can actually hear a different different pitch yeah yeah that that that's not but it's common. handy it's handy for just sitting down and, and noodling around the the clip-on tuners are actually pretty good now as well they were a bit dodgy for a while um but they, they they've come pretty accurate and um, so i mean if you're just sitting down with an acoustic you want to tune it up clip one on the headstock and and it's going to get you there they're all pretty cool now nice I uh I used uh, a clip-on tuner on a viola when I was playing in chamber orchestra, and our conductor did not like that ah. because she she could hear easily hear, mm. you know where where the tuner said we were in tune, and she would say no, you are you are sharp, yeah, and she would be right, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> But that was a long time ago, and things have probably progressed. Well, uh, perhaps, but but also there there is, and and, and that's why I mentioned this the sweetened tunings. Um, uh, our, our brains are, are are terrible, flawed things. Um, and um, for instance, a, a piano keyboard. Um, it, you know, it, each of those keys is not exactly the frequency that that particular note should be. Some are, and some will will be a little sharper or a little more flat, uh, and that's purely because it actually sounds better to to our our, our stupid heads. Um, and if you tune a guitar or or any instrument absolutely perfectly, it might still actually sound wrong. Uh, mathematically, it may be absolutely bang on the frequency but 
you know, it, it may not sound that way to our heads. Which I think was the philosophy. It's called Born Slippy, the Underworld album. I think that was their yeah. philosophy as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you for picking an app so my last, uh, my last pick isn't so out of line. Uh, but most of our power user listeners will know this one well. Uh, I have been... Uh, I've built my own versions of what this app does, but just got into it over the weekend uh, for real and really started digging. It's called Keyboard Maestro, and it lets you do everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do anything from assigning a keyboard hotkey to launching an app to having uh, a MIDI key on my keyboard perform like text manipulation functions uh it, it the range is unbelievable it's one of those power user tools that you can get lost in and you can find a thousand posts on the internet from people that have done amazing things with it and uh i'm officially a fan now it's been running for four days and uh that's the longest i've ever kept it continually running so i'm sold cool i i, I tried it a couple of years ago now um and and it didn't it didn't take um possibly because i wasn't willing to put the time in to to actually exactly. get everything up and running um without those little macros without all of the little um bits and pieces planned and set up it was relatively useless to me I, it does take motivation and time mm, mm, uh, yeah and, and i'm a terribly lazy man um <laughs> but all, all, i i didn't i also didn't like the way that it it um it changed my command tab uh view yes uh, that took that took some getting used to you can disable that but I, I thought you could actually yeah after after playing with it for a day i decided just leave it set for a day uh, I've actually come to really appreciate the the improvements it it provides for the regular command tab switcher hmm. uh, because I can it, it stacks them horizontally and vertically and I can navigate them with arrow keys and okay. I don't have to hit command shift tab to go backward I can just uh, let go of tab and use the shift key and the tab key independently. Okay. I like it. I, I, it does take some getting used to, and you do. It's like switching from Bash to Z Shell for me. I, I just can never find the motivation to port my entire Bash setup into a new shell. Uh, you're, you're familiar with terminal stuff, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but not to that level. <laughs> Nerd. All right. <laughs> well, uh, we are we're over time, and the well. Apple event is going so. Okay. I will. Uh, I'll wrap it up here. Thank you so much no for uh, coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, and I will. Uh, I'll put, there'll be links to sketchy setups and what was the first one called? Uh, Trust rods made easy. Yes, and uh, and that one's free. There'll be links to both. Cool. And then I have a whole bunch of music links that'll be in there. And uh, and yeah, that should cover it. Fantastic. All right. And where can people find you? Uh, I am his guitars, H A Z E guitars, um, and in all the usual places, and his guitars.com. All right, and I am Brett. <laughs> choking. Um, I am Brett Herbstra. I am TT Scoff everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, and at brettherbstra.com, but ttscoff.com will also take you there, so literally everywhere. Um, and this has been episode 149 with Jerry Hayes. And uh, and we'll see everybody in a week.